Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Towards Vivencia, the podcast. In this second season, Bridging the Gap. In this second season, we are bridging the gap between some of the top dance companies in the whole world and our community. Towards Vivencia will be collaborating with dancers who are or have been working with the greatest choreographers and companies of the 20th and 21st century. These incredible artists bring these incredible works and performances to life, and they have generously offered to share how they train in order to do so. Their personal approaches to the company's technical style, cross-training for both body and mind, and staying creatively inspired. All this and more will provide a unique insight into how these dancers work, how they work within these companies, and how they bridge the gap between their previous training and what is required to work with those companies. I am very happy to welcome to the Towards Vivencia podcast, uh, Pip Duke. is uh, above everything, a wonderful, gorgeous human being. And second of all, I can say that it's one of the most surprising, inspiring, uh, emotionally empathetic, is coming to me right now, a teacher, dance practitioner. And I'm very happy that I was able to work alongside with her while we were both kind of like in and out of London Contemporary Dance School as teachers. And then it developed kind of like a, a beautiful relationship, friendship in which we were um, capable of sharing beautiful conversations. I remember one in Lawton where she lives right now, where at the, sometimes it's also a residency for artists that we will be talking today about it. And we have beautiful conversations. She suggested beautiful books and then in South Park Center sharing uh, meals. So I'm really happy to have yet one of those conversations with Pip today. So above everything, Pip, thank you so much for your friendship. Thank you so much for taking the time for this conversation and thank you for bringing up your expertise next week in the Tours Juventus Academy. Such a pleasure, such a pleasure. What a lovely introduction. And yes, I was, I was, my girls were asking me what I was going to do and I was explain, telling them about you and I was trying to remember, when was that? It was quite a long time ago <laughs> that we were teaching next week, but I know that we've been in and out, but yeah, it's been quite a while. It's been quite a while, and I don't know if you know this, but also you've been a great inspiration in my PhD because I was taking your MA uh, and through our conversations and through your MA thesis as well, I was taking things from there about performance presence and about your experience as a performer. Probably you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, you are, you are cu uh, quoted in a couple of uh, places in my PhD. So I would like to start uh, there because it's something about you that I don't know very much and I'm very curious right now. Can you tell me a little bit more about your experience as a performer? Uh, because I know a little bit about your background and things like that, but can you tell me, yeah, can you tell us a little bit uh, kind of like a, a chronological uh, down the memory lane uh, path? And then I will start asking you about performance presence and how was your experience in there? Gosh, um, yes. Uh, yeah, so I hopped out of the Royal Ballet. I, I felt a little bit um, uh, confined, or a bit. I was a bit judgy of that of that uh, institution, and I went to Munich. And uh, hang on, let me try and yeah. So so 
so I started with ballet and really loved it, actually. Um, I think that's interesting to tell you about my performing. Yeah, so I did that for six years, actually. And what can I tell you? Um, performing, I think I've always, I'm just trying to think now. I haven't really thought about that for a while. Um, performing for me, uh, I think I've always had a very strong relationship to the music. That's something that I have had a very, very close affinity to, you know, when you sort of, um, I don't know, that frequency has always moved me and, and has always inspired uh, my relationship to movement, definitely. Um, I think I've been somebody right from the beginning that works quite deeply from the inside out. I think I, I, I don't know, I don't know why that is. I've always had a sort of instinctive relationship to either the character or the music or the, um, uh, the quality or the dynamic or something. So I think it's, I've, I've been quite, I can remember as a student, um, I think I've always been interested on some level to manifest something. It's going to sound a bit wanky, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I've always wanted to manifest something true, is that the word? Or um, clear as well. I think something clear, something true, I can't think of a better word at the moment, um, and something that began with my relationship to it. So I think I've, I don't know, instinctively, I think uh, that's where I come from. I think I've come from the inside out a little bit. Um, loved performing, uh, yeah, really. Um, yeah, so then I went to NDT, I'll probably hop back and forward, um, which was quite an eye-opener and extraordinary, actually, surrounded by extraordinary artists. Um, and actually that's where I really found um, a common, uh, a shared interest, passion, relationship, instinct towards the quality of movement and um, specificity, if I'm gonna to refer to my dissertation, something that uh, there was incredible clarity and specificity. I think, you know, something, it really lit me up actually. And I felt, I felt like it was where I'd come from trying to, trying to hone in on the detail of water quality or dynamic or the character or the, and trying to be as uh, fine and detailed as possible, I think. Um, but I was very moved by the dancers there. Um, a very instinctive actually relationship to, to, to the work. Is this making any sense? A little totally, uh, totally. And I would like to to ask you a tiny bit more concrete. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you did in NDT, kind of like the choreographers that you work with or the pieces? Yes. And how that clarity uh, was manifested in the work. It comes from the choreographer's uh, direction. It's something that you needed to, to push in order to find your enjoyment. So kind of yeah. like these three questions, choreographers, pieces, and how that clarity was manifested. Yeah. Uh, the need for clarity came. The need for clarity came, yes. So it was an amazing period, actually. I, I now realize how lucky I was. So I was working a lot 
quite often with Yuri, um, who was became a friend really, um, and uh, a little bit with Billy Forsyth every year with Ohad Nahren. Uh, Matsek, I didn't work uh, closely with him actually. I came in later to the company, so anyway, but he was around. Um, who else was that? Nacho. Nacho, we'd, we made a piece. Um, let me just have a little think. Paul and Sol, but I wasn't in their work actually, uh, but so they were there. Um, mostly with Yeri and Ohad, I think, and it was just, I mean, you can imagine at Royal Ballet School and I was, you know, the ballet dancer and uh, as I said, I always had this kind of, I don't know, I've always had some groove as well, so I loved sort of shaking off the, <laughs> the, the point shoes and getting my teeth into just expanding the styles and, and the flavors in the body was so, so exciting, super intense, super intense, I have to say that company's uh, uh, intense in an incredible way, um, but also hard work. But so, so with Yeri, I will say that um, he has incredible attention to detail, um, speed, something which sort of knocked my socks off. Definitely, I really had to wake up with the, with the, not only in the lower body but a lot of detail in the upper body. Uh, they have a huge stage in NDT. I think it's the biggest in Europe, or it was back then. And that was something which I was trying to talk about, uh, about my class, uh, crossing that space and, and traveling uh, uh, still with the detail across this massive stage was an amazing uh, experience actually, and really changed how I moved. So, um, but I think, yeah, so Yuri's work has, he's also incredibly musical uh, and he has incredible specificity with, with regards to, I would say, rhythm, uh, tempo, dynamic, form. Um, so I think you learn to, yeah, to refine those skills. Uh, it's definitely my eyes, you know, open. And so that really shifted my, uh, shifted something. It really unlocked um, that dexterity, I think, in the upper body for me, um, and 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 his his is yeah the the dynamic and the quality of movement and the nuance in the movement is very very specific with Yeri, and he has uh, yeah and the rhythm and the musicality. So those things definitely. Ohad was different. It's much more sensual for me, which I adored, and earthy, which I think I also. Yeah, that shifted something for me. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that, those are the people. Nacho was lovely. Uh, that was more flowy. But I think it just cracked open. I think maybe uh, a breadth of getting your teeth stuck into lots of different uh, flavors and textures. And is that okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's very good. So... I'm wondering, because I don't know the story and I'm curious as well, uh, what happened uh, between NDT and your teaching uh, career, your teaching practice? I, I, be, I believe that you are one of the most incredible teachers that I've ever met uh, 
uh, in my life, not only because of the technique and the depth of what we do teach, but the human quality of it. So I believe that that's something that grow with you, but I believe that there was always something, I believe, and this is what I would like to ask, you know, how that from a performer to the teacher, how did, how was the transition? It was something that you had while you were uh, performing, uh, it was abrupt because you decided I'm gonna go back to the UK. I don't know the story, so I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. Like it's very kind of you, Jorge. Um, I'll try and say it quickly. Before the, the story of what happened, I knew I always wanted to coach or teach. So I think right back, I think I was fascinated with how to draw out two things, I think. One was uh, to help people, uh, not in a, just be, sometimes you're just made like that. I was always very interested in how I could help somebody else draw out the potential for themselves. I think that's just an instinctive thing that I happen to have. Um, I find it really fun to do that. And the other thing is, I think I'm a bit of a nerd with detail and quality and poetry, actually. I think I there's something about um, trying to help people uh, reveal the poetry uh, within dance and also feel empowered within it that I find very, very satisfying. And I can honestly say, I think sometimes you're just made like that, but I always knew I wanted to teach. So, so what happened was I came back uh, at that point, I wanted to open, I'd been dancing since I was three and I was 30 and I thought I really need to know something else. I've got to sort of open the blinkers and try something. And then I, uh, really quickly then I did this Montessori teachers training course which actually has really really informed me is a fascinating philosophy and it really chimed with me so that was really interesting and then it was sort of delightful I ended up teaching in a nursery uh, with tiny little people which was like a complete opposite of what I've been doing I adored it and then I started missing dance so I did that for a couple of years and then I was like um, and then in the meantime, I was going occasionally to Colorado. I was teaching at a performing arts camp. Um, and then I took all kinds of funny little jobs <laughs> with dance. I think I choreographed a, 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 a hundred anniversary musical at a, at a prep school, no, at a Sherborne boys school. I did some very funny, eclectic stuff, trying to slowly find my way back. And then I, um, and then I, I, interviewed for LCDS, London Contemporary Dance School, sort of starting to understand like I really, I'm missing it, I'm missing it, and uh, ended up back there. I, I can't remember the timing, maybe four years later or something. Um, so yeah, all kinds of funny little jobs in between and then I landed back there. Um, was that the question, Jorge? It was, it was the question. And um, I was thinking when you were saying how fascinating it is to hear kind of like the same story with different details from people that I really admire. And it comes to me, Winifred, that she was telling me how she was dancing, how she was doing some uh, odd jobs here and there, how she was performing and how she needed to do something else, went into Pilates, really deep into it, do a lot of work on that. And then she started getting other dance jobs. And, how fascinating is that idea, what you just said about something that it's might be not related to dance that end up involving, uh, influencing a lot what you do. So before I go more into that, I'm just very curious because you were drawn into that teaching, uh, mentoring, coaching, which I really like, and we can see in your teaching, uh, for those who doesn't know you, 
from all around the world who might be listening to this come next week to her classes because in the way that she takes the best out of people, Pip, she is amazing. So before we go into that particularly, and because you were already interested in that, do you remember who and what did you learn in your performing career from that roles I explained? So did you have any, while you were a performer, any ballet teacher or any contemporary teacher, any teacher who came to the companies and teach company class who's like, oh, I really want to be teaching like these people or a rehearsal director is like, oh, this quality is fantastic and I'm learning from her for my future. Uh, can you remember those people and what they were mm -hmm. inspiring for you? Do you know, Jorge, I think actually, I, I'm trying to think, I don't think there was somebody while I was performing particularly. Uh, I don't want to, yeah, I mean, people were generous and what I do remember was when I was training and I had a lady called Nancy Kilgore and Patricia Linton. And actually, weirdly, I think those two had, a, I don't know, they were passionate, uh, generous, um, very skilled. Patricia Linton had extraordinary poetry and nuance in her work. I remember feeling incredibly inspired. I think when I watched her, I remember her doing Ronde de Jean Monlaire, and she was <laughs> just exquisite. So she had, I'm just I'm just thinking off the top of my head actually yeah, Patricia Linton uh, in particular but Nancy Kilgore also she was just she just gave us great combinations and she was very warm-hearted and and but Patricia Linton there was something about the quality of her movement which was very inspiring I don't know whether I can say I'm trying to think and I might finish this and go back and go god damn it but actually I mean, maybe when I was at London Contemporary Dance School, I think, uh, you know, I started teaching and I started my master's right at the same time. So I had my eyes really open. I mean, you know, I was watching Kerry um, occasionally. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think what I soaked in. Um, I think what happened to me was observation, not only of other teachers, but my class and seeing, I think what happens with my teaching is I watch a lot what's happening with the students and you see how people are responding. I remember getting some feedback at the very beginning saying, you know, I really love the class, but she's really way too nice. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I was desperate to be supportive. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, you can be too nice. You know, I think I took into into consideration people's individual, how they came in in the room, I'd noticed their mood and I was like, okay, I really need to learn not to do that quite as much and really get busy with the work actually. So I think for me, it's been this, and also I was being uh, uh, watched by Mary who, cause I was doing a masters. So that really strips down so many things, even, you know, how much you're talking, how little you're talking, how often you're talking to one person, um, how loud you're talking, how much repetition you're doing. So I think I definitely learned a huge amount doing that for my sins, because it was really a lot of work and quite difficult being watched teaching all the time. But I think when I think of you, I think also, or maybe the teachers who love it and who are, for whom it's working, I think there's this uh, 
trial and error and, and starting to understand what works for the group. And I really, uh, one thing that did happen, sorry, just really quickly, one thing that I did happen, I think I realized that um, dancers were really struggling in ballet. And I kept seeing them in uh, contemporary auditions, uh, not auditions, assessments and thinking, my God, you know, they're doing incredible stuff. Why can't they come back and do this, this and this? And then I started to understand this is a very different breed of dancer and they're, they're doing a huge range of skills. So that's where I started to gradually tweak my class a lot. So it wasn't just a ballet class. I really started to become interested in making a class that felt relevant, I hope, and accessible to contemporary dancers. And actually, I feel like that's where my real love is, this kind of blend, but also because I didn't I hated the idea that somebody reached it the third year and still felt terrified to stand on one leg or to do a double pirouette. I was like, they've been doing this for three years. How can I help people feel comfortable and in their skin through this form? So I think that was definitely some, something. I've gone off piste, I'm sorry. But I, I don't, I, I think, I'm not sure there was one specific person. I think maybe it was, possibly more when I was at uh, starting to teach actually. Um, but I, I don't know, I think I'm, I watch a lot. So maybe I've, maybe I've taken in lots of little bits of people without remembering. And, uh, and that's who we are right now, isn't it? We are the, the, the sum of the people that we encounter. We remember the name or not, they, they always leave a trace within us. And uh, it's nice to remember the names of that particular moment, but and undoubtedly we are that uh, that sum of, of experiences and talking about experiences something that you said before I would like to, to pick it up because I'm a big fan of eclectic backgrounds I believe that the more we the, the, not not very diverse but the more we pick here and there and things that it seems that they don't have to do much with each other end up informing each other I love Hamon with Melon which is in like a honey melon and parma ham teams that have not come together is fantastic. Uh, and of course, Montessori school, Montessori teaching and uh, ballet teaching has a lot in common because it's about pedagogy. And this is personally something that I feel that many people uh, would benefit from is um, incredible dancers who don't have the skills of teaching because pedagogy is something very different than, than dancing. And not just because of them or their students, it's just to, to create that powerful craft of what is teaching. So I'm a big fan of Montessori. So can you tell us a little bit more how that experience of uh, two years of learning plus working with little people inform your way of teaching? Yes. Um, so the things that I think that come to mind with the Montessori philosophy is, um, allowing each individual to sort of unfold from the inside. So what you're, I think one of the strongest things I took away was this idea that actually um, there are these characteristics and there's this self and you need what, what we're trying to, what they're trying to do as Montessori teachers, which I became fascinated in is you're trying to guide and tease this what already exists within people. You're trying to tease it out with sensitivity, with 
um, uh, guidance, but you're not trying to put something. And I think maybe at the core, I feel very passionately about that. So I would never, you know, this idea that you stick ballet onto a person is, is an anathema to me, you know? So I think, yeah, I think there's something about drawing out the individual, drawing out the, the, the essence of people and the, um, the strengths of somebody and helping them to reveal those. And that's definitely a Montessori and through, and that's also what I really love. I think I try and bring that in the class is actually, it's really th through being pragmatic. So I love the idea that actually you're not sort of pontificating and philosophizing and throwing too many concepts at people, but actually it's by the doing, and that's a very Montessori thing. It's by the doing, and I think, I feel like you do that too. It's in the doing of it that you are able to uh, reveal yourself and to manifest what it is. And so I think there's this combination of um, trying to allow each individual uh, access to something through something very concrete. So definitely in my class, I'm trying to get people to move actually. <laughs> I think, uh, I think again, ballet can be quite static. It can be quite vertical. It's also incredibly beautiful. And I'm saying slight cliches, but I, I know that, you know, at the bar, you can sometimes feel a bit two dimensional and, uh, yeah, so for me, I think the idea that actually you're allowing people to get their teeth into the concrete, uh, pragmatic movement and repeat and repeat and repeat, and that's another Montessori thing, is to keep repeating and until it really soaks into your neuromuscular system and it becomes habit and you become... And the thing that goes with that that I love, that I, I really, really love is the more you empower somebody by showing them how to do something. And with little tiny people, it's like carrying a tray of water from this side of the room to the other side of the room. And you get this three-year-old and you show them how to do it. And, you know, and then you show them how to cut an apple at age three with a sharp knife. And the beautiful thing I think is not only are you giving them the skills, you're trying to show them the, the you know, how to be in their body and learn skills, but the sort of little magic ingredient for me, which I think applies also to dance is by uh, facilitating their, by empowering them, by facilitating them to be able to do something, they get this sense of self-worth. And I love this click. I'm like, you know, if I can get you to shift across the room, just pitching it at the right level, not drowning, but not boring you, trying to do this giving you the sense that you're able to do that then hopefully there's a win-win you, you you get the skill but also at the same time you have a sense of achievement and a sense of self-esteem so I think there's something there that I love it's a sort of uh, it's a win-win situation Wow, um, just listening to you, I was thinking, well, I hope that we have until three o'clock in the morning because there is so many crossovers uh, yeah. as, as we already know, you know, that in Towards Juventia, we talk a lot about the demystification of the art of performance. It's something very sacred, it's something very magical, but I love in the way that you explained that it's about not, how is the word that you use, pontify it? Pontify uh pontificate I, no, yeah not to pontificate for us it's yes 
let's not to make it no, let's not to sacralize it so it's something very magical it is to perform but at the same time it's it's very pragmatic abc mm -hmm. and i love the idea of what you said about montessori being about the doing and in towards juventia we took it from grotowski is the actor is not the actor is the doer is the person who does and and i love those those crossovers which leads me to the uh, where i have two more questions for you so the the one before the last one is this might sound a bit cliche and you were talking about cliches but i think there's something very profound about cliches as well because we talk about fundamental stuff we talk about love or we talk about um self-worth uh, and all those things might be a tiny bit difficult to talk because um it's been very worn out yes so i totally agree that when dance is applied in the correct way it gives an incredible dimension of self-worth and self-love which i think is one of the skills that together with learning how to learn might be the most important ones mm -hmm. But I struggle to come across these days that dance is necessary in order to be one of the most direct ways to do that. I strongly believe that dance, uh, dance practice could be one of the most direct ways to, to develop your self-worth, your self-love, your empathy with yourself and with others, mm. and therefore develop as a human being. So I would like to ask you, as a very cliche, do you think, or with your years of experience, tells you that dance practice helps for something else than just being on a stage and perform and develop a profession? So in your uh, experience, how does help with human evolution, human development to the individual and from the individual to the, to the community? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um... You know, Jorge, the, uh, one of the things I was, it makes me think this, it makes me think that if you have a relationship to dance, and if you are introduced to dance and music uh, or moving, and, and there's a click, a little click, then I think it's very precious. I think for, I think it can put people back together. I think it can bring this beautiful integration between the body, the imagination, uh, the people around you um, to music in a way that's um, quite magical and, and very organic, isn't it? It's all these things coming together. So I think that's and my God, for myself, you know, I've, I've had some years where I wasn't dancing too much and I really could feel I lost my center and I couldn't think as clearly and I wasn't as confident. And so I think there's something profound um, about how it can ground people and center people and, and give them a sense of being with themselves. I love this idea. And I love this idea that actually there's a freedom within your body that's you have that resource with you all the time so I love that too I love that actually uh, you know you can be with yourself and you can move in space and you can feel the sort of um, the range of your body and the freedom and the all these things and then there's a little thought which is like it may not be that that uh, uh, is the same for everybody. You know, I think there may be some people where uh, growing tomatoes and getting their hands in the earth 
may give them the same click <laughs> or that do you know what I mean or a potter with a wheel but there is something physical about those things I mean for some people it might be uh, deciphering an algebraic formula you know there are people who are very heady but so I don't know I feel a little bit torn you know because we're dancers I think we have such a close relationship with the joy and the freedom and the presence and the centering and the grounding and the all those things and the and the confidence that it can give you and also that social that beautiful exchange that you have in a studio you know the energy that you exchange the ritual you know there's I still for my sins you know you can still find me at the bar doing <laughs> tondus and it's a sort of meditation for me you know I, I absolutely um I'm going to be like Nureyev on an island doing a bar all by myself one day. But there's a, like I said, I don't know whether that's, there's a tiny part of me. I think I, I think for some people, they find this click possibly in different ways. So I feel both. I feel if, the, if you're people that love to move and you find that freedom and enjoyment, it's incredibly empowering. And I think it really gives you a sense of self because you are with yourself in such an intimate, joyful way. But there might be, a, I think there's a small part of me that believes or that thinks that for some people, they may find that uh, click and that flow with, with different activities. Yeah, and it depends very much in on the guide, right? On the on the person who is guiding the dance class. Because I was thinking when I, as soon as I start the question, it's like, is this the place for this question? Because we are preaching to the converters, but actually we are not. Because sadly, in the dance world, in the professional dance environment that we move, there is a lot of insecurity. There is there is a lot of unhappiness. There is yeah. a lot of unfulfilled humans which they don't have the chance to experience that self worth and self-love through their careers let alone the the ballet classes or or any other classes yeah so actually i was thinking how relevant this might be because we are not talking and i think correct me if i'm wrong we're not talking about dance therapy as a as a way of uh curing as the the, the main word of of therapy word comes as curing something that is going wrong we are not talking about just um um self-love and, and not developing a dance profession, like a dance as a community. No, how dance as a professional career can also be one of the most fulfilling things, which I think is the magic way, the magic thing about PIPs is about, about you as a teacher, which is the discipline, the, the technicality, the, the thoroughness and the profoundness of your classes together with the, the human aspect which they are not once against each other actually how they both come together and I, I've seen the dancer who took your classes how they excel I'm not gonna say in both they excel in being human dancers which brings out that beautiful technique but empathy but self-love so I think there's a lot of work to do in that direction with the dance world with guides, uh, teachers, lecturers, choreographers, directors, yeah. to give those tools yeah. to make that profession. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you. And actually, it's so true. We we're talking about self-worth. And then you realize there are so many people for whom um, 
dancing, you know, they berate themselves, they feel very exposed, they feel very self-conscious, they find it very difficult, you know. So I think, you know, we know that also the old school is a bit more like this. Um, I agree with you. I think there's a lot more work to do, but I do love, yes, yeah, I agree with you. I do, I do think, for me, there's something, I'm gonna try and say that not too long. Um, you, what did you say? There's human, human people, human people who are dancers. I can't remember what you said. Humans who are dancers or something. But I think humans who dance. Humans who dance. Yeah, good human. Yeah, but I think um, interestingly, I think in performance, uh, there's something around um, bringing all of yourself, your imagination, your intelligence, the decisions you're making, your dexterity, your craft, your skill your uh, curiosity into what you're doing. And, and for me, I think it's that it's, it's, it's from that human place, like I say, your imagination, your curiosity, you know, the little quirks of your character and the choices you're making when you, when you, when you focus on an, on the intention of what you're doing, with all the parts of you. And I think that's what I'm interested about. And I know that I, I know that's what you're talking about as well. When you bring these together, something beautiful happens because I think for me, something, any affectation or showing something drops away and you reveal the humanity. So I think there's, there's again, this beautiful thing that actually the clearer you are about your intention, maybe it's that thing, um, you know, watching somebody busy with the endeavor that they're doing and 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 a, and a clear endeavor you know something that they really want to reveal um for me is the most touching thing and and i think how you were talking the beautiful thing is it's it's another win-win you know the more that you can draw on who you are and you like at Royal Ballet School, you know, we had to be quiet and shut up and, you know, do what we were told. And I, I had <laughs> thoughts and feelings and opinions. And, and I was like, God, you know what, even back then, I was thinking there's something not right here. You know, the, the, there's, there's things I want to ask and there's things I want to say and there's questions I want to bring to this process. And yeah, I mean, you said it, Jorge, the more you can bring those things, the more you can bring the whole of somebody into the work, actually not only do they start feeling more empowered, but actually I think uh, they reveal something very, very genuine. And yeah. I yeah, fully agree. And it's not only you or I who are saying that uh, it's I've been <laughs> conducting these conversations. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like amazing. It, it, every conversation amazed me that for two years, I've been leading this conversation into the podcast with uh, artists from all around the world, different um, backgrounds. And the common thing is that humanity that we are searching in our teaching or in our experience as choreographers or, or members of the audience. And I'm still amazed how it's something that sometimes we don't give that much importance or there is no many skills of ABC on how to, how to teach that. So here's a plea for everyone who is listening, I'm begging you current uh, performers and teachers of the now, keep curious, keep learning with people like Peeps or Towards Juventia, we help you with those tools because it's a win-win. It's not a dance therapy. It is not about hippie happy flower, only dance uh, with a little bit of a tissue. No, it's very thorough, disciplined, uh, 
way of teaching at the same time developing your most human side which as you said it perfectly it's a win-win situation mm-hmm. go on then i have a last question so go on then if you want well, to add something no, else no, no i was just saying and also which is to me incredibly important is to reveal your individuality yeah, as well i mean you know that goes without saying but it's like that's i was talking to a load of dancers recently and we were talking about comparison and I was trying to write about it and and I was saying to them you know if you have Jorge and I in an audition you're not I mean I know that we're you know male and female but let's say anyway you're not wishing you're not wishing Jorge to be more like me you never do that you know you might say oh you know Pip's not as good at going to the floor as Jorge you know there may be concrete things but actually what we see is uh, people's individuality. That's what you're drawn to. So uh, it's not easy, you know, we, when we're younger, it takes a while, but actually to sit in your skin right from the beginning of training. Anyway, I, like, I, you know, I know you know all this, but it's- Yep, but it's how important a- is to have the right teachers to bring that out of you. Mm-hmm. So uh, Pips is a perfect example for that. Um, as I said, I can't stay here forever talking about this because I'm passionate and I think, not only passionate, I think it's fundamental for the future, not only of the dance scene, which at the moment is at big risk, but the future of, of humanity, because there is something that I think dance can contribute. So I'm sure that we will continue talking about this in the future, but just to wrap this up, because um, I don't want to stay, I, I, I want to, but I don't want you to stay until here, until three o'clock in the morning. Can you tell us a tiny bit more about other projects that you're having. I know that you, you've been an amazing teaching teacher in many institutions. You are still, are, I guess, teaching in many of those, but I know that you have other little bits and bobs that add to the, um, to the pot of, of the dance world. I know that you've done uh, work with dramaturgy. I know that you have a new project going on. I know that we've been talking about residencies in Lowton. So can you tell us a tiny bit more of how this developing humanity through dance is uh, manifested in other ways than is not only teaching. Yes, thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Um, yes, I'll try and do it quickly. Yeah, okay. I think you know what I feel. I think I'm at a stage of life. I feel, uh, you know, the body gets a bit more creaky, and uh, I feel particularly now very, very interested about trying to help younger dancers and artists to uh, find their place actually. And, and so, yeah, I've set up a platform and an initiative called Dancers Talking, um, which I've been running for a year and I probably need to get it out there a bit more. I've been a little bit under the radar with it because it's just me, but that's been running for a year and that's where we bring different artists from wherever all together to, Uh, share stories and experiences. Um, We often focus on a theme, Uh, particularly there's a there's a uh, there's a strand of it who which is for dancers leaving performance and making the transition into different roles. So holding that space for them because I you know it was hard it was hard to let go of performing and so that's going on and um, yeah, what I'm realizing is, you know, I'm just facilitating that. But the beautiful thing, the most beautiful thing, I think, is that other people hear from other dancers, you know, so they hear from each other. There's a lot of shared um, experiences, a lot of shared uh, anxieties. So 
trying to do that. Um, and yeah, we live in the, Ben and I live in this funny place where we, but it's sort of lovely because we have a couple of studios. So we're trying as much as possible to um, uh, let dancers know that they can come down here, rent the studio space. Um, it's quite cheap and they can use that. Uh, there's some classes going on with a few friends. I know Phil Halford, Winif Wins, Winifred Bennett-Smith, Hannah Halford and me. So I've just started up some classes here uh, that we're doing. Um, and then there's, yeah, working with Ben occasionally. So I'm trying to, <laughs> makes me laugh because Ben hates rehearsing, but I love detail. So I'm trying to, <laughs> always trying to help him um yeah draw out yeah the little yeah anyway working with him occasionally i don't know i'm i'm at a point actually Jorge, i really want to um yeah i've got some ideas i'd love to do a festival here I'd really like to do that and there's a little part of me which i might do is uh talking to a friend where i might dance in a <laughs> i might dance again um, something small so Yes, I don't know. So trying to connect people, I think, trying to facilitate, trying to connect people um, and just get stuck in, I think, where I can. What's this space? People is a force of nature. And uh, I'm really looking forward to see how this thing goes. We were talking a little bit about uh, collaborating also in the future with Tuas um, Vivencia and the yes. artist talk. So, What's this space? Because uh, incredible things are happening and coming from this wonderful woman. Uh, just last question: Where can we find uh, all that information if people are interested in your artist talks, in the in the classes? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I forgot to say that, didn't I? Yeah, I was just going to say part of this platform, just really quickly, was what Jorge just mentioned, um, and that's to do a little bit with uh, intergenerational. I'm trying to bring friends and colleagues that I know uh, to come and talk with younger artists and like you said a little bit like this but quite intimate anyway the information that's a very good point um, it's it's well the thing is I don't even know if it pops up but I so I might have to send it to you you know when google you have to do certain amount and then it gets to the top I'm not sure I'm very near the top at all so what I might do Jorge is Perhaps I can give you that link uh, if you want. I don't know. That Definitely, we will always add it. Uh, this kind of links. We will post also your your Facebook uh, page as people can see it, and any link that you passed us, uh, please everyone who is listening to this uh, recording, go to the description of the podcast, and at the end we will post any resource that Pips is uh, giving us for you to follow what she's doing, which is a lot and. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. too. I, I really, I really uh, please, uh, especially if you're in England, but even if you're not in England, we have two really lovely studios here and we will try and give you the best deal that we possibly can. But they're, you know, so there's space, there's space. We're, we're outside London. Um, where are we? We're in East Sussex, about an hour and a half outside London, south of London. I am a witness and I can testimony and can give you a testimony that it's a lovely place to work for many different reasons. One of them is like it's because it's really close to a big no, um, urban nucleus like uh, Brighton or London. 
but at the same time it's in the middle of nowhere which gives you the the space of going into the studio going to these lovely little rooms that cook by yourself it's very cozy so you can focus really in there i've never been working there with lola maori and yes. we were i was helping her in her creation i really really enjoyed it and um so yeah anyone who wants to and it's very generous space it's, it's also big so which is not very easy to find in in london so yeah. Uh, check it out, guys, whoever is listening, because Lotum yeah. is a very nice place. You can go out for a walk and then you are in the middle of the countryside. It's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. And there's two, we have two now studios, Jorge. So, yeah, so I'll give you that's called Lotum Lodge, but you can. Uh, we will post the links. The stuff. Okay. Future dancers, current dancers, uh, current teachers, future teachers, please come next week to, to, to learn from one of the few masters that we have in the world of developing humans through dance. I, I cannot tell you how much I admire this woman from her classes, but also for her humanity. So those who knows her, you already know. Those who doesn't know you, you uh, peeps that you live in Colombia or in South America or in another place in South America or in China, in Japan, come because it's uh, it's something to be witnessed and to be experienced. Pip, I'm really looking forward for your classes. I thank you again in these difficult times with everything is online on site and we're a bit lost with all the um, offer that is out there that you decided to generously uh, say yes and be with us next week. I'm really grateful for that. And uh, thank you. Looking forward to see what's coming out. Thank you. Thank you, Jorge. I just wanted to say, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I just wanted to say I, I'm really aware that people are in their sitting rooms and aren't they in sort of small spaces? And I, I, I think maybe there's a tiny part of me there's a big part of my class, which is about flying across the studio. So I'm sorry that we won't be able to do that, but maybe maybe another time. I don't know, I feel this, I feel a little bit torn because uh, yeah, the people that know my class is definitely where I'm heading, but we will, we will um, it's gonna be sultry and it's gonna be something different. <laughs> okay. And it's been what the 2020, 21 has taught us, right? We cannot have the same things that we had, but we can have other things. Uh, it is not the substitution of being in, in the studio. Yeah. It's the possibility of being with Pip, even if we live in Glasgow and we don't have the money to take a train. So it will yeah. be things that we cannot do and it will be things that we can be do. And just to have you there with your wisdom and your knowledge and your kindness, it would be just invaluable. So thank you for that. Thank you, Jorge. So generous. Really, really lovely. Thanks. Darling. Only stating facts. Yeah, it's very, it's very gorgeous. It's very, very lovely of you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lots of love. We'll see you very soon. Thanks, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.